Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Welcome to the NXT preview. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by the Dadly Boys of What Culture, Michael Hamlet, Michael Sidgwick, here to look ahead to tonight's episode of NXT. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on either iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts where we not only review NXT, but also AEW Dynamite, Raw, SmackDown, pay per views. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a roundup of the week, complete with a bloody good quiz, of course on WrestleCulture. As I said, though, joined by the Dudley Boys to preview NXT tonight and a stacked card, Michael Hamblet, on a show that's got good now. Yeah, I'd uh, be tempted to call this what culture's gentle praise hour, but then that'd probably be best serve for the review because we tend to only go about 40 minutes doing this preview. Um, it's feeling like the time to be a bit kinder to this NXT product of late. Um, not all of it is particularly exhilarating, but then you see a card like this, as a weekly television show where the matches actually feel built to rather than hot shot. And none of them feel quite takeover ready, but they're all going to be nice barriers for the takeover matches of the champions. And it does, it feels like the often ordinary, but always functional NXT has made like a remarkably quick return to life since the end of the war. I, again, I like can't force fireworks, but I, I can't be overly critical either. Yeah, if I'm looking at this lineup tonight and I look at it in contrast to last week's lineup, um, you get an elegant sense of positioning certain programs on each show. You get the idea that it's not this completely deadening loop of the same goddamn matches. Um, even if the builds aren't great, they don't all pay them off in one big Come on, watch TakeOver. It's the best thing ever. Splurge. Don't worry about that six weeks beforehand. We know it's crap, but we've got some obligation content to, to produce. Um, Rough and Swerve was last week. We're getting Gonzalez and Martinez this week. Um, we're getting Kushida versus Escobar this week. We got the payoff to the tag team title feud last week. It just feels like they're not just listlessly setting things up for a TakeOver, knowing that the marks are just the discern, undiscerning. Uh, isn't it NXT great? Well, no, it isn't because you're not in the trenches. You're not in the foxhole <laughs> with us and Triple H and you know how bloody dismal it can get. No, they are pacing everything so that there's at least one or two um, matches on virtually every week mm. that feel earned, not just 
jizzed out. Yeah, I'm, I'm... compete with um, AEW Dynamite or just like an ombre ready for the match to happen to take over. They've struck the balance, is what I'm saying in a roundabout way. They're not just spaffing stuff out or they're not just making you wait through the most boring programs to get there. It's got a nice pace, a nice zip, a nice um, bit of sequencing on this NXT show these days. Yeah, I think what I like about it as well, and it's obviously uh, you know far better than a Monday Night Raw, despite the amount of time Raw has on the air, because... Uh, the stuff that they haven't, I haven't mentioned in the preview, and we're probably not even going to cover today. And that stuff that when it shows up, you're like, oh yeah, I remember that from last week or a couple of weeks ago. And I wonder what's going on with that. Now I know we've moaned a little bit about like Tian Shah just being cast to the wayside, but there's like, okay, what's going on with with Tony Storm and with Zoe Stark and with Cameron Grimes and people like that? Like that's all stuff we're probably not going to talk about that much today about. And the fact that there's still stuff that you can remember and is going on, it doesn't need to be highlighted or recapped or anything like that. Showcases, yeah, the improvements that NXT have made. Let's start though, Hamlet, with that NXT Women's Championship match. Raquel Gonzalez defending the title against Mercedes Martinez. It seems a relatively straightforward retention here for Gonzalez, but possibly the uh, development of the, the the friction between Gonzalez and Dakota Kai could be featured here. And almost regardless of the result, it's going to be a really good match on paper, this, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. Um, and I would hope so, too. Uh, it's been booked with the express purpose of establishing Raka Gonzalez as the dominant champion we saw her as before she even wore the belt, basically. Mercedes Martinez is kind of a perfect first opponent. She strikes the exact right balance between danger like dangerous and disposable, ultimately. And that's exactly what Raquel Gonzalez needed right now. We are seeing like a battle of equal sizes and Gonzalez coming out as the stronger of the two. It won't just be a battle of her imposing her physical will on people as it has been of late. She's going to have to show that she's got smarts too. She's going to have to employ all the toughness that her size bring, but she's going to have to, you know, like outwit a super experienced wrestler in Mercedes Martinez. Um, and the match should be of a high standard as a result. Um, Martinez doesn't have too many bad ones because she just knows how to do this. She's an expert in construction. She knows how to wrestle her style of match and bring somebody into it in a matter of their shape and size. And as I say, going like for like, I think you're going to have this nice, like mini Godzilla King Kong vibe before Gonzalez looks like a way more rounded champion by getting it done. By all means, um, Tiptoe near the Dakota Kai stuff, but I personally wouldn't lay it on too thick here with it being a first shot. If anything, have um, Martinez just absolutely wallop Kai off the apron or something so that ultimately she kind of wasn't really effective and Gonzalez had to get this done on her own. I don't need miscommunications or anything like that just yet. It's quite an important one for Gonzalez, this in terms of perception and from a quality standpoint. I think like it seems hard to imagine this not just going really well for what mm. they want with Gonzalez. Cleaner the better for me. I don't want to dick about with the uh, tension, even though it's good to build it long, long, long term. Obviously, I'm a massive advocate for that form of storytelling. Um, but for this match, have what's right. Perfect is the perfect word to describe the choice of opponent. The idea is that Martinez has a similar physical stature and she towers above so many other women in this division. So if you book Gonzalez to tower over the biggest like visual threat in this division instantly straight out the gate. It just creates for those who pay attention anyway, 
like a overall sense of plight for anybody else who eventually tries to to reach up to um, Gonzalez after this. She's already beaten Martinez. And Dangerous and Disposable is absolutely perfect as well mm. because Martinez can absorb this loss. And I hope they recognize that um, and have her lose cleanly. Like 12 to 15 minute proper hoss fight and work it like a hoss fight as well. Don't get too cute. Don't impose too many tropes in this heavily produced wrestling brand that you have. Like maximize the positives and minimize the negatives. Go full Paul Heyman with this. I want to see an actual slapper, like a proper physical war that doesn't do high spots just because it's more fun sometimes when you see people who they shouldn't be doing high spots. I don't want to see Lee versus Dijakovic here. I yeah. want to see just an, uh, an ugly physical battle that's fought mostly, if not entirely, in the ring. And um, I think they're powerful enough as performers to get that um, thread over. And the idea is I would personally prefer to see Gonzalez go over like clean as CM Punk's piss here because they can go either direction with Gonzalez. She could play face or she could play heel. But at some point on this NXT show, because they've dicked around with interferences quite a bit, I want to see a heel who can just get it done. Because that way, when someone gets it done at her expense, it means all the more. Not the only championship match, of course, tonight. The Cruiserweight title also on the line. Kashida against Santos Escobar in a two out of three falls match. Really excited for this one, Sid, and I sense you are too. Indeed, I'm a huge mark for the two out of three falls match. I'm not reducing my love of professional wrestling down to, oh, isn't it great when you don't think they're going to kick out on the do? <laughs> but a near fall is thrilling. A near fall deployed well is undeniably thrilling because if it wasn't, then the modern wrestling complexion would look totally and utterly different. Two out of three falls gives you so much like narrative ground to exploit that which is really great about modern pro wrestling. Because um, the idea is there are so many long matches these days that particularly in New Japan, but infects every other company that, you know, for a fact, if you do a signature in six minutes, more often than not, you can tell by the way, because they're so prevalent that you can tell by the way every, every one out of two matches is paced. Yeah, you're not going to get finished here. It's just not the way it's going to be. Um, wrestling's quite awfully homogenized in that regard. And only the very best matches, for me at least, get away with this nowadays. Like I have to be super invested in the characters and the storyline um, to buy that kind of match because I've just been deadened by it. Two out of three falls completely avoids that problem. I mean, they're a mainstay in Mexico for this reason. Like It just piles on stakes within the context of the match. So I'm excited for it on that basis. You can get a near fall in three minutes and buy it. Perfect. Absolutely perfect. You also get the epic length match, theoretically, that sort of you have to work to get a good one. It's a load of bollocks, but they have their cake and eating it too with a two out of three falls stipulation here. And I'm more than likely, I'm more than happy rather to eat all of it. Beyond that, it's Kushida and Escobar. They had a good, not fantastic match with the idea that they're going to do this, hopefully, fantastic match down the line. The stipulation's perfect. Got two great wrestlers, one better than the other, but Escobar can go, absolutely. And beyond that, 
they finally, and they'll be so stupid if they don't do this, but they finally have the opportunity to do that which they've somehow contrived to fail to do, and that is get Legado del Fantasma right as actual stable members and mm-hmm. heel bastards. So often they've just got involved and then, no, it doesn't matter because they were ejected from ringside and Escobar got it done. It takeover got involved and then it meant nothing. They can actually inform the drama of the first fall, get ejected mm-hmm. when the heel wins the first fall, as the heel should. Yeah. And then, or the baby face should and the heel does the uh, cheating. Either way, they've got the goddamn opportunity to get it right with Legado del Fantasma. This could be Escobar's. I actually is really good match. My concerns are that they don't get that bit right. I'm kind of I've got minor reservations about how they use Legado del Fantasma specifically. And I guess anybody that is willing to play, you know, like running buddies for Kushida as as a counter to them as well. Um MSK obviously will want their revenge. It's all fine. And you can absolutely do that kind of thing. You can fold all that into a two out of three falls match, but it's about where you place it. Um, if it kind of like, un- if it dares to undermine the drama of the third fall, um, what you have is this big wacky stack that like backs Escobar into a roll up where Kashida gets the third fall because of a big brawl happening on the floor where the spots were really high and really impressive. But Escobar was just stood there by the ropes looking on, wondering what was going on. And that's how Kashida gets the win. It'll feel a bit empty at the end. So I would like to see, um, like, I would like to see them deployed properly. Yes. Uh, Legado del Fantasma look efficient and actually good at their jobs for once in a while. But maybe they go to the well twice and MSK spot it the second time and run them off or something like that. Do you know what I mean? I think definitely there's ways to do this that doesn't bury the match itself. Otherwise, it risks doing that. NXT has been prone to overbooking a lot, obviously, over the last sort of couple of years. But there's, Lots of precedent for really good two out of three falls matches, and only really the Toronto um, takeover main oh, event yeah. is a particularly bad one. Otherwise, they tend to get it right. They tend to get the pacing spot on. I just hope they're not kind of slaves to their like madcap throw as many bodies out there as you can book in if they want to include the tag teams. I do think they will. I want to believe they'll deploy it right, but I, to be honest, I think the match lives and dies on that. I think we won't have much nice to say about it if it just becomes a bit too busy. Yeah, yeah, yeah you're right. Um, <laughs> that Toronto back match brings back memories because I, even though I could barely see it because it was on my birthday and I've been drinking straight Disarono for about the last three hours to get through the rest of that pay per view. Uh, yeah, even I remember how bad that that yeah just iffy final third four thing was. But yeah, I think this is is easily going to be match of the night uh i hope as you guys allude to that it is going to be people recognizing how great santos escobar is and yeah i sense like we all agree i mean let me know if you disagree kashida retains the cruiserweight championship just because it seems the natural progression for that belt i would say so and i think santos escobar no one talks enough because it probably doesn't matter that much he still gets some great action sometimes out of it but it's the fact that NXT of all brands has a cruiserweight title just is nonsensical to me when you can see hmm. Leon Ruff and Johnny Gargano having a feud over the North American title. <laughs> Give us a goddamn break. Escobar can clearly move on from this scene and should realistically because 
there's been recent glimpses for me, and I've not really thought anything about this act, but I've seen recent glimpses that, no, they can be an actual episodic TV concern. So don't ostracize them anymore. Like, fold them into it properly. They can do... Because it's not really a, a division. And Kushida is way, way better equipped to drag great matches out of raw prospects than Escobar was. Kushida's mm. your match guy in a match division. Escobar's an actual act that works more on TV. It's just common sense result for me. It's just how they extract the maximum drama without it getting too convoluted or illogical to arrive at just the only result. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Before we talk about some of the other matches on tonight's show, I'd love to know your thoughts, Michael Hamper, on the rumoured return of In Your House. It was... uh, everywhere uh, over the last few, well, hours, days, who knows where it was. I think it was Fightful Select who first picked this up and I glanced at it and thought, well, that's something I definitely need to know the thoughts of Michael Hamlet on. Fightful Select uh, claiming it is going to be NXT TakeOver in your house two, I suppose, 2021 version, who knows. Aware of that. And it's Finn Balor doing a match against uh, Karrion Cross for his rematch. June 13th. Instead of the big blue door, there's just going to be a cat flap he can walk through. Yeah. Beware of the cat. No, no, no. Bret Hart's titling this one. It is Beware of Cat, just like it was Beware of Dog. (laughs) Now, A, what do you think about the potential return of this? And B, if you know who doesn't return, I'm not watching it. It's pretty good. Like, I can't pretend I'm as excited as I was last year. I think, to be honest, if you this time, like, I needed it. I just, I need, like, I needed that graphic to just keep me going one more month. We all have things in lockdown. Um, so I need it a bit less than I needed it like this time last year. It's I welcome it, right? As if they're gonna make this like an annual NXT takeover, I welcome it as an annual themed one because they did an outstanding job with the theme last year. They dressed that miserable 
um, empty full sale. Remember those NXT tapings? Oh. And like, just like awful. One of the worst atmospheres in any modern wrestling I can ever remember. And they obscured that for the night with Todd Pettengill's enthusiasm, with Adam Cole in an Ico Pro vest, and that amazing White House for Io Shirai to jump off. So I have a lot of faith that they'll get the set right again. Um, be interested. Get it back. <laughs> yeah. Like other new wrestlers engage with it. Ones like, because I'm horribly biased to that period of time, all my issues with wrestlers that are fans of, say, like the Attitude Era or the Ruth Aggression Era goes away when they're fans of the new generation. I want to see them reference things because they're the things I like. So it's all rooted in my biases. And of course, we shouldn't be surprised that NXT wants to run In Your House 2 because In Your House 1 was dominated by Brett. So In Your House 2 was taken by Shawn Michaels and Jeff Jarrett. And look which two men are on the inside of that company now and which man's on the outside. Of course, I want to do an In Your House 2 and make it better than the first one. Like, fine. It, it Genuinely, it's a splash of colour. It's a splash of light. It's a bit of levity. They'll see the funny side of things. NXT... Sort of needs this kind, if not in your house, it needs this kind of stuff generally. Mm. So I'm in favor. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It can't replicate the magic. And I did feel a little bit magic the second time because you're not going to get the same. Imagine saying this to fans of a certain age. You're going to get the buzz of seeing Todd Pettengill again. <laughs> oh, I will. I mean, you will to a degree, but it's not like the same because you didn't know you were going to get it and you didn't know how accurately they were going to get everything and how they were going to they didn't you didn't know how well they were going to judge just how much people really like this people just banded off like yeah mantor was good he was there for five weeks who cares like fantasia was whatever he's called he was there for like one week who cares these things do not dominate my memories because the great wrestling and the intricate storytelling does there are there's a bit more they can do that isn't just todd pettengill on the set there are certain stipulations that they could go with, like, a Caribbean strap. Oh. Just as long as Dexter Loomis isn't in it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Have uh, someone do a blade job in secret? Just little things. <laughs> little things like that. I, I really hope they get Todd Pengill back. It's an inter- interaction between him and, well, anyone, but Cameron Grimes in particular would be just magic for me. And, uh, yeah, I'm excited for it to come back. Um, it feels like I just glanced at last year's card. It feels like a like a lot longer than what? Well, it's not even twelve months ago when I look at this. With uh, with one exception, Will Bond, it's got um, parents from last week's NXT main event in it. So Scott Shotzi and Candice—they've just yeah. been fighting forever. On the subject of last week's main event, Shotzi Blackheart would be bang up for doing the Jean Pierre Lafitte bump. Yes. Just things like that, you know. And she'll do the Bret Hart bit at the start. <laughs> yeah, I do hope that this 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 comes through, and uh, yeah, we get that next month. I think it'll be great. Uh, Sige, let's talk about Killian Dane versus Alexander Wolf. Bit of a hospital pass for you here. Um, I mean, it's more stuff with Imperium, I suppose. What do you and sanity, sort of? I don't really know what's going on here, and I suspect I'm in the same you know, mindset as someone like a Drake Maverick who's not, who's a bit confused by all this. It's just so funny. Like, as Hanful pointed out the other week, like, this isn't the elite. There's no grand rich history. There are no performers involved who are particularly suited to tell these kinds of stories through a melodrama lens. Not that the books were the other week, I should add. 
any sense of I can't do this to my old friend is just going to be laughable. It's going to be absolutely laughable. And it's a weird continuation of a weird WWE trend where they just realized, hang on, we've cannibalized literally everything about the old formats, the old memories. We've given ourselves 10 years of, 10 to 15 years of utter crap to play around with in terms of continuity. So let's just like tell stories based on the weirdest kind of past, like Strowman and Wyatt having a feud because why Why would, what's the premise? What's the logic there? Why would Strowman ever come back into the Wyatt family fold ever when he got exponentially more over the second he was separated from Bray Wyatt? So there's no investment there. Drew and Dolph having a match in 2020 after they didn't really do much in 2019, to be honest. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just like, it's another weird continuation of that. I don't know why they're doing it. All it does is expose the fact that Christ, wasn't NXT better somehow with Sanity in it? All very odd, all very odd. I don't know or care who wins. I just find this weird. There will be um, parties in the street if Nikki Cross finds her way to NXT to melodramatically get in the middle of her former Sanity partners. And one of them, real life partner? Yeah, just uh, married to Killian Day. Yeah. Uh, If she sort of appears on NXT so that people can do the side-by-side pictures. It's a bit like when people fantasy book Jinder Mahal fighting for the title against Drew McIntyre, isn't it? And that's going to happen. It's all rooted in a a crap group. (laughs) It's all just rooted in nothing that means anything. But like, do you like the thing you remember? Do you want to get 15 likes and two retweets? Smash those two pictures next to each other and it's coming your way. Like, it just, yeah, it's not the most appealing match on paper, this. Uh, And I think, they know that, otherwise they'd be dragging it out longer. I'll say that for them. I, this is not even like the semi-main event on a weekly television show. It's just a match on just an NXT TV show. So they're not putting this, like not raising the stakes of this particularly. Walter's bollocking was sort of interesting because anything that dangles the carrot of Walter finally getting the chopping exhibition on Drake Maverick <laughs> that we were robbed of, stupidly robbed of, or maybe even Walter Killian. Maybe there's something interesting in Walter Killian Dane. I'd like that. Killian yeah. Dane with the top off is always more interesting anyway. So rip that top off and get your chest chopped. Like, I don't know. Maybe the, maybe there's something there. But then we could say that about every Imperium match because like Walter's the freebie, isn't he? Oh, maybe this is leading to a thing with Walter. What that's code for is we don't like anything until Walter shows up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's been weird the way they've played this out. But like you say, hopefully this is all a means to an end. And I cannot wait for Carrying Cross versus Austin Theory tonight as we conclude. Uh, Hamlet, what's he going to do to him? Because not only has he gone in, so I can't believe those real. Look at the size of those nails on Scarlet. But he twatted him with the belt last week. Him and Gargano beat the crap out of him and then drove away. Tonight, they kind of have to face the music, don't they? Yeah, like he's got to pulverise him. And it's got to be convincing. Like, Karrion Cross, like Michael Scott's trying to get a hug off Ryan. Like, I need this. I really need this. It's like, Karrion, you can't say you need this. You're world champion. But, like, he really needs this. Um, this isn't going to be, like, a, a match match. I'm, I'm not asking for, like, 15 amazing technical minutes. But whatever this is needs to bang. Like, Karrion Cross needs to look like he wants to leave Austin Theory for dead. Johnny Gargano has to be at his, like, hot dogging best 
somebody just absolutely terrified by everything Cross does. This is more presentation than match. And I think it's vital to the long-term success of carrying Cross as champion on this show because what's not going to contribute to that is all the promo interruptions from last week or a load of boring people lining themselves up as challengers. That's not going to get crossover. This might, but it really needs to be good. Like really, really electrifyingly, oh, I want to see a gift for that again, good. Like that's on carrying cross to like lay his stuff in really hard. Theory, I'm sure will bump and sell for him. Gargano will bump or sell, you know, like he might not run and help, but you're going to know that carrying cross is the scariest man in the world if Gargano's got his like acting boots on. But yeah, like I, there's, I think there's quietly quite a lot of pressure on this. I will say this about this. I think Karrion Cross is so impossible to like root for. It's so weird that he's playing the top baby face and he's barely even playing it, which just makes it dafter still. Like the guy needs to turn heel yesterday, in my opinion. He's possibly the worst candidate to lead. He's certainly the worst candidate to lead NXT as a baby face in its entire history. One of the worst candidates to be a big baby face and just a wrestling company in general. Like if you look through the old optics of what it is meant to have like a hot chick as your valet, it's like you're meant to think in your masculine mind and I don't give a toss, but this is the general sense, the general principle of it all dating back to however long is that God, you should be shocking her. That should be me. This big fat bastard. (laughs) I would like to do that. And I hate you for doing that. That's what it's meant to be. So on that basis, it's weird that he's a baby face. The fact that he's so humorless and intense. And like, you ever seen, I've seen, I don't know what the film's from, right? But um, I should have researched this, but it's just popped into my head. So I apologize. You see like YouTube compilations, like the best, hundred most badass film lines in history. You go, oh, go on, I've got nine minutes. Yeah. Presley. Ryan Philippe. Yes. There's something like, it's like Ryan Flew trying to be tough, and it's similar to Karrion Cross trying to be tough, even though he looks tough. Hey, someone shut that C-U-N-T's head up before I F-start her head. Yes, I remember that. It's just like, it's the most, like, pathetically badass line I've ever tried, an actor's tried to say. It's Karrion Cross's essence. So I just think he's the worst baby face. I think there's a good heel act in there somewhere underneath the ridiculous decoration. So I've got like chronic issues with him leading this brand and I have done since he's been in it. And yet, and yet Austin Theory provides the best opportunity for the sorely needed lightness to the presentation. And maybe Karrion Cross can laugh at him or something. Maybe it can be cathartic to watch this otherwise pummeling, intense stirf of Karrion Cross. Like, he's a good opponent for him. But it's just going to be weird if, in fact, this builds to Johnny Gargano and Bronson Reed wins the North American title on TV in the meantime or whatever. Like, Johnny Gargano versus Karrion Cross and Johnny Gargano's playing the heel. It's just that's NXT 2021 in a nutshell for me. I think that's got the In Your House main event written all over it. Honestly, Gargano will dance on the roof like he wanted to, but in that way where he thinks everybody is receiving him as Shawn Michaels and only he is. And I think you'll get that as your main event. Uh because yeah, the Bronson Reed thing feels this is the thing about the NXT booking is that though there is something to admire about the formula, 
it's still a formula. And mm. it just feels like, oh, it's, it's Reed's third try now. This is, this is perfect. <laughs> is there any way that they ape carrying Cross's entrance? I'm not saying like, but like a black and white entrance with Johnny Gargano mouthing and Austin Deary doing the... Rah! I mean, it might destroy Gavin Cross permanently, but I just think it'd be very entertaining. And like you say, you need and some... And doing the Scarlet bit. Yeah. I'd love that. Um, I... Ricky Stark's done it at Darby Allen. Lex Luger's done it at Sting, and it's one of the most underrated moments ever. This has happened so often in wrestling, and for me, it still doesn't happen often enough. Yeah. It is magic, the impersonation bit. I love it in Wilborn. That is so inspired that I'm now going to get very sad when it doesn't happen. Yeah. Just got Candice LeRae screaming, we're the way, instead of falling prey. No, there he is, as is Scarlet. That's even better. Uh, final thing to ask you, are we getting more Cameron Grimes, Ted DiBiase stuff tonight? And if so, what? Ooh. They're not self-aware enough. And I don't think, I don't know what's going on in Florida, but as far as I can tell, do what you like in it. It's fine. It's America. Sorry, Matt Reigns. I don't think you listen to the NXT preview anyway, so it's fine. <laughs> Could they riff on the pool thing? And Cameron Grimes walks into a swimming pool with like a rubber dinghy and like armband, or just some ridiculous aesthetic to make him look like a tit. And then he wants to chuck his money around and be a dick like Ted DiBiase and walk into a pool and go, kick them out. Oh, no, it's pre-booked slots. Oh, oh, it's not open. I think Florida, the, the mere existence of Florida might have ruined this joke before it even got started. But one of my favorite things is in the, all of WWF history is the, the manner in which Ted DiBiase delivers the line, get those breaths out of that pool now. <laughs> because it's the perfect intersection of where DiBiase meets the Vince pitch. Because... It's him doing a McMahon line reading for the character that McMahon wanted to be. Get those breaths out of that pool now. So Cameron Grimes could do the most hysterical high-pitched version of that and it not work. I don't know, I guess. <laughs> They've got loads of material to work with. Basically, I want to see Ted DiBiase vibing to Tiesto, as was teased. <laughs> yes! Last week's was extra cute because he, like, you know, framing it as that where he's had the match. And now at the after party, there's no Cameron Grimes match to speak of this week. So that pool thing plays quite nicely to that. Like, let's take a look at Cameron Grimes' really awful day. So, yeah, if not that, something along those lines, because he's not down to wrestle. So this is the way to keep him featured. So, yes, probably. Probably more Ted DiBiase. Like, and why not? They are. They're two for two. So, you know, you wait until they've botched it twice before you don't want to see it again. So. Yeah, I think so. I, I mean, I'd like to say, I do want to see one week where he does get a leg up on Ted DiBiase and they do the whole, did we just become best friends thing? But it's not yet, is it? Whether it's, maybe it's something along the lines of, I'm just trying to keep it as simple as possible because those two are great ideas. Uh, it's, it's maybe something along the lines of, he arrives, Cameron Grimes, Cameron Grimes arrives and parks in Ted DiBiase's spot and he's thinking, oh, I've got it this week, I've got it. Ted DiBiase's flown in on a helicopter or something. And he's like, oh yeah, no, I didn't need that space anyway. <laughs> Just shouts at him, shot from the helicopter pointing yeah. down, he grabs yeah. his hair yeah. and that game blow. I don't know. 
just give me more of that sort of thing. I really enjoy it. Let us know your thoughts anyway. Ahead of NXT tonight, great show to look forward to on paper at What Culture WWE. Well, actually, you can follow all three of us. You can follow Michael Hamlet at Michael Hamlet. Follow Michael Sidgwick at um, Sidgwick. Follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at What Culture WWE. And make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts. The Raw review is available right now. The NXT review will be available tomorrow, as will the AEW Dynamite preview too. But for now, this has been the NXT preview. My thanks to the Dadly Boys. Thank you for joining us. And we will see you soon. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 